Yes, life outside of our homes, it's starting to open back up, slowly but surely. But if you really want to stay safe, you should continue to wear your mask. And of course, there are concerns about um, a second wave of COVID-19, especially with a lot of these large gatherings and demonstrations and protests. And I know it's a pain to wear the mask because it's getting hotter and it's not so fun to wear, but it's not only for your safety, but for your loved one's safety as well. But don't listen to me preach about it. We've got uh, Dr. Emily Kaimeg here with us. Uh, she's a dermatologist at Northwestern Memorial Hospital and chief of the Division of Medical Dermatology and assistant professor of dermatology at NUFSM. Hi, Dr. Emily. How are you? I'm good, G. How are you? Thanks for having me. Well, you know, it's your title. You're doing a lot over at Northwestern. I do. I wear many, many hats, each of them different and posing their own challenges, but it's such a great place to work. I love it there. And I believe you have a five-year-old as well. I do. Five and a half. If she's, you know, if she's around, she wants that half added on. I feel like as adults, we want to drop that half, but those kids, they just want to race towards that next birthday. (laughs) Well, um, thank you so much for being with us. I say all that because I know that you were very busy, as you just described. So it's not great. It's such a pain to wear a mask. Of course, it's really silly for me to say this to a doctor because doctors have to wear a mask a lot, all the time. We're wearing them more often, you know, so now when you enter the hospital, you know, certainly any store, uh, work environment, restaurant, now that they're open, you know, everybody's wearing masks way more than we normally would. You know, typically in my office, I would wear a mask during a procedure um, or something where I was in very close contact with somebody, but now I'm wearing it all day, every day, and that's posing some challenges for my skin. Well, let's talk about those challenges. What are some of the things that you're seeing and that we could see from wearing our masks? Uh, you know, and we're going to be wearing them more. If we're going to be outside more, we have to wear them more, right? Absolutely. I think it's really, really important that everybody wear their masks. I mean, we wear um, them in the hospital. We wear the surgical masks. But then even at home, myself, my husband, and my daughter, we all have our masks. Hers is frozen, mine is polka dot, and my husband's is green and white for the Michigan State Spartans, but we each have our own. Um, But what I'm seeing in my clinics um, with my friends, my family, and my patients, certainly, is that they're breaking out a little bit more. You know, there's this this concept, I don't know if you've heard of it before, called maskne that's kind of making its way around Instagram and whatnot. But a lot of people are having some problems with their skin just because they've been wearing that mask all the time. Mask knee, like mask knee. Wow. Okay. One more so, thing to worry about. One more how, thing to worry about, right? How do we so prevent what this? <laughs> is, well, there's a few things you can do. So, what happens basically is we see acne happening in areas of what we call occlusion. So, where your skin is in close contact with something for long periods of time. For example, um, I see it a lot in my teenage player, uh, football players, and athletes, hockey players, anybody that's wearing a chin strap. So, people tend to break out a little bit more under there just because they're sweating there and their, their skin and their pores can't really breathe very well. So what's happening is a lot of people are breaking out under that, that mask because it's in such close contact. And so what I've been having my patients do is um, make sure that you're using in a lightweight, oil-free moisturizer. So everybody's skin gets a little bit dry, especially if we're indoors more often because the humidity level is often low. And so you might need a little moisturizer. The key is that you want to look for something that's lightweight and oil-free. And so it'll say it right there on the bottle. And the other word that you'll see on the back of the bottle is something that says Mm non-comedogenic. And what that means is a comedone is basically a pimple. 
And so if something's non-comedogenic, it means that it doesn't promote pimple formation. So those are kind of the words you want to look for for some of these moisturizers um, and things that we're using to hydrate our skin. To treat the acne, um, you have a few different options. Um, it depends on how sensitive your skin is. So one of the things that I like to look for um, for myself and for my patients is something that contains salicylic acid. Um, you've probably heard of that before. It's in many of the acne products, and basically it's an exfoliant, so it helps to kind of wipe away and get rid of those dead cells on the surface that are kind of clogging the pores. And I'm not fussy about the brand. Okay. Um, I, you know, you can get many of these great products over the counter. I have a lot of friends that ask me, what do I use on my face? And they're always shocked when I say I've never spent more than $15 on anything I've put on my face before. And it's very true. Really? Um, yes. And true. you would know. I mean, this is your dermatologist. You're not only, you're the chief of the division. <laughs> so David, though. Yeah. I, um, I, you know, so the you can get them over the counter. So Neutrogena, Aveeno, um, you know, AMB. Really, the brand is not terribly important to me. It's really as long as the, the ingredient is there. Um, so use that to wash your face once or twice a day and you can put a lightweight moisturizer on top of it. Another product that patients um, often use and that I recommend um, is something that contains benzyl peroxide. So that is in many, many different products. Um, Clearasil, um, if you're old like me and you remember those pads, um, it was in those, but now it's in brands like Clean and Clear um, as well as Proactive and, and some of these other products. So benzyl peroxide comes in a 5 or a 10%. Mm. Um, I typically recommend a wash because you can use it in the shower um, and it can dry your skin out a little bit but it really does help especially if you're getting some more of that deeper kind of cystic acne you know, that's more under the surface it's uncomfortable it's painful and um, that can really be helpful for that but Ooh. the one thing you want to watch out for with mm-hmm. that is that it does have peroxide and so it will bleach clothing and fabrics, including a fancy mask. So just make sure you rinse it off really well. Um, use a white towel or a towel you don't care about because, um, you know, it'll take the color out of it. You'll create a tie-dye type of, type of towel, which could be all the rage right now. But nonetheless, wash your face with a little benzoyl peroxide, rinse it off, and you're good to go. Well, D- Dr. Emily, so you said the benzoyl... I'm having flashbacks now to my teenage years. <laughs> I'm right? really, like, uh, going back there. Um, so the benzoyl peroxide, you said either... 5% or 10%. Um, does it matter which one that I use? Like if I, I would recommend starting with a 5%. Okay. It's a little bit lower strength just to make sure it's not too irritating on the skin. And often with any new product that I'm recommending to my patients, I have them use it every other day to start and then gradually build it up to every day. Um, and if you're doing okay every day on the 5%, then you can bump it up to the 10%. And it's not unusual in the summertime for our skin to be a little bit more oily just because it's a little hot, we get a little sweaty under those masks. And so you could bump it up to the 10%. But the key is to use whatever you're using consistently. And so that means different things to different patients. So some of my patients can use something every day, twice a day even, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. But for some of my patients, that's just too irritating. And so I'll have them back it down to whatever that frequency is that their skin will will let them get away with. A little bit of dryness is okay. A little bit of dryness is to be expected. If you feel like your skin is red, it's burning, it hurts, or it's really itchy, that's when you you should, you know, back off of the medication and, and perhaps reach out to your healthcare provider. Now, does it matter whether I use salicylic acid or benzoyl peroxide? It doesn't matter if I use both. 
you could use both, one in the morning, one at night. It just might dry your skin out a little bit more. Um, I tend to say if you have more of the fine, superficial, you know, the ones that are more on the surface, the salicylic acid might be all you need. But if you need something a little heavier, the benzoyl peroxide. Everybody's skin is a little bit different. Um, and, you know, as a physician, I, I hate saying that sometimes things are trial and error, but sometimes you just got to try it and see how it works. And the other key is that you have to give something, you know, really a good six weeks or so of consistent <gasps> okay. use. I know it doesn't work overnight. And so, um, you know, everybody responds a little bit differently. Some people will get better faster. Others may take a little bit longer. But, you know, you don't want to use something for two weeks and then give up on it. You, you definitely want to keep using it. Um, the other thing that can be helpful for acne in general um, is something called a retinoid. So you've probably heard of Retin-A before. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes. so it gets a lot of press, right, because it's the prescription anti-aging cream, um, but it was originally an acne medication. So um, Retin-A is also called tretinoin, and basically what that does is it increases cell turnover. It helps to open up those pores and help prevent those pimples from forming in the first place. And um, it works really, really well for, like, the, the cystic acne as well as the smaller pimples that are kind of more on the surface, so the whiteheads and the blackheads. Um, Tretinoin and True Retin-A is available by prescription. However, there are synthetic versions that used to be prescription only that are now available over the counter. So that, yes, yeah, see, this is my like, my my less than $30 (laughs) plan here. Um, And so it's called Adapalene. It used to be under the brand name of Differin. It's a 0.1% gel and you need just a pea-sized amount for your whole face. Less is definitely more with this. And you can put it on morning or night. You can put a moisturizer right on top of it, again, oil-free. Um, and this, you would kind of, you know, put a thin layer, I'd say a pee for the whole face, a little dot on the forehead, cheek, cheek, chin, and nose, and then just blend it in. And that, over time as well, can help prevent acne from forming. But this one, the key with this one is you got to use it all over. So this is not a spot treater. And that's because the way the medication works is by preventing the acne in the first place. So if you're kind of just using it to spot treat, the cat's kind of already out of the bag, right? So Mm -hmm. you want to make sure that you're using it all over. And again, every night is awesome. Every every day would be amazing. But if your skin's too dry or irritated, you might only be able to use it every other day. And that's okay. It's that consistency that's key. I've learned more from you just now than I have from the dermatologist (laughs) that I've gone to go visit. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Okay, well, I shouldn't say that. I know, no, no, that's fantastic. So it's going to take about six weeks before you see anything work. And you Mm -hmm. say that the different, it's not a uh, spot treatment. So it's not like, I know that initially we're talking sort of about the acne or the maskne we get from wearing a mask all day. So it's not something that we can just put around those areas where we wear the mask. It all over. I mean, if you're going to mm-hmm. do it there, you can do it in other locations too. Okay, wow. This is very informative. And then, of course, something else that we're still having to continue to do along with wearing the mask is wash our hands. Ah, yes. So, what have you been seeing with that? So, I've been seeing a lot more dry, kind of chapped, almost winter skin, right? And it's June. So normally we might see a little bit of dry skin, but I'm really starting to see the the really dry, irritated, chapped skin that I'll see in the dead of winter, you know, during the polar vortices um, that, that we've had. I would love to say that it's singular, but it's definitely <laughs> plural no. at this point. 
Um, and so, you know, we're starting to see, we're seeing a lot more of that. And, and essentially what happens is that every time you wash your hands, which we have to do, okay, mm-hmm. every time you wash your hand or use a hand sanitizer, you're really stripping your skin of its natural oils. So your, your skin has oil glands. You make oil and it, it helps to keep your skin soft, supple, and, and hydrated. But when you strip that away with detergents like soap, and hand sanitizers, it creates really dry, irritated skin. Now, dry skin's not dangerous to you, um, but it can be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So for some people, it can burn. Some of my patients will come in with almost like little paper cuts just because their skin is so dry, and it's so unbelievably painful. And then other patients who have eczema, which is um, an inflammatory skin condition where you get itching on your hands or on your body, basically, that can be exacerbated by this, too. And so what I recommend is, yes, Definitely wash your hands. Yes, use the hand sanitizer. But every time you do it, put some moisturizer on, okay? And so, again, you don't need to break the bank on these types of things. You can use things that are available at your local drugstore. In general, I recommend things so that don't have a lot of dyes, fragrances, or perfumes, okay? So you want things that don't have, you know, that you really can't smell or detect, okay? And in general, things that come in tubs and tubes are more hydrating than things that come in pumps. And the okay. reason for that, if you think about it, is that if you to get it up that pump, you have to thin it out, right? And what yeah. do you thin it out with? You're thinning it out with water. And so it's not as hydrating. Believe it or not, it's not as hydrating when you add that water to it. So I tend to look for things that come in tubs and tubes um, and put it on after you moisturize. Now, everybody has a different threshold. One of the biggest complaints from my patients is that something's too greasy, right? So mm-hmm. you put it on and you're like, I can't type, I can't touch anything, I can't handle papers, it's all greasy, what do I do? Um, I reserve the heavier stuff for at night. So one of my favorite quick and dirty techniques is to use some plain Vaseline, okay. yes, the stuff that's in the jar, or Aquaphor or something in ointment-based, okay. put it on my hands and put on a pot, pair of cotton gloves at night. And, and doctor, what's a lighter one that you recommend? Because I'm uh, out of time now. Oh, I can't okay. believe oh, it. A lighter one that I recommend is a nice um, CeraVe or Neutrogena hydrogel or moisturizing hand cream. Nice, lightweight, gets the job done, and you will, you'll be able to function. Dr. Emily Kymeg, I learned so much. I can't even tell you. You are oh, brilliant. Good. Thank you for your advice and being with us tonight. Yeah, it was so much fun. Thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah, come back and visit us, and we'll take uh, you know caller questions next time about uh, issues, okay? That'd be fantastic. I'd love to. Thank you so much. That was Dr. Emily Kymig, dermatologist at Northwestern Memorial Hospital and chief of the Division of Medical Dermatology and assistant professor at dermatology at NUFSM.